Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to a special edition of the Walker AC Experience for December 11th in the year 2023. I am your host, Walker AC, and to you, my friends, yes, you're still my friends. It really seems like a, a ripe amount of time since I've been on the air, but nevertheless, this is the highly rated, most controversial show that will make you provoke thought, make you laugh, make you angry, make you spit up your uh, baby food, but it's okay. We're here with a bib. We're here to catch you. And of course, be sure you subscribe, you like, you share um, to walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com. And also you can find our show on multiple platforms where you get your podcasting needs. Also, it's the holiday season. So why don't you join us at the Walker AC Experience at Cereal and Beer, at Slacking Majestically, at the, um, at the Out of Context podcast by supporting us, go to the website, uh, cafepress.com forward slash W-A-C-E. That's cafe, excuse me, cafepress.com forward slash W-A-C-E. Go ahead and buy some products. We have some Henry the Fox ornaments, uh, the Walker Ace Experience t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, cereal and beer, beer steins, t-shirts, hoodies, stationery, Everything in between, support the experience, help us grow, and do your part. Now, without further ado, let me introduce you to my co-host, the man of the hour, the man who keeps me sane, the man who's pretty much always right, you know, when it comes to debates. Kevin, you everyone. Kevin, how's it going, sir? Hey, Utah, greetings. Speaking of baby food, isn't it weird how Robocop ate baby food? You know, actually, yes. Why did he eat baby food? I, I never understood that. I thought maybe he would chug down oil or something, but baby food? I don't know. Maybe cyborgs got sensitive stomachs. Yeah, I mean, I guess their digestional system really can't handle regular people food. But now, for those of you out there who are wondering what the hell we're talking about, RoboCop, folks. Look it up, millennials. It's all there. Um, how have you been? Oh, my goodness. I'm enjoying a hot Christmas. We had our nice weekend of uh, cold weather, and back to shorts here in Florida, and now it's getting back to that, so the roller coaster of temperatures still continues. Well, I mean, it's definitely good to have you back. I mean, the last time we spoke was, I think, last week, and what's really funny is every time we do a show and we go a week without talking, it feels like a month. I guess maybe on my end, I'm, I'm not too sure yet. I'm a subject man. <laughs> <laughs> Now, of course, speaking of time, we recommend everybody take the time to download, to listen to the recent episode of the Cereal and Beer podcast featuring, of course, my co-host Kevin Yu uh, and his best friend Jeff Asai, an hour and 45 minutes of humor. It's great. I listened to it multiple times. It is wonderful. And also, as we shilled that show as well, Kevin, did you get the special gift I sent you? I did it. Thank you very much. I used it today. I enjoyed the mugs. And when I, you know, I was looking at my coffee in that mug, I was like, you know what? This is going to get me through this day. And I did. <laughs> so would you please, would you please tell our listeners what that special mug is? It's a serum beer bread and mug. Good times will be had by all. You fill it with whatever, whatever you want. You know, just booze, you know. More booze, less booze, different kind of booze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
<laughs> just pretty much booze in general. Now, your, your, your second gift, did you receive that yet? Or, or has that arrived? Not yet. Not yet. So I'm only in the drinking phase. Oh, perfect. <laughs> well, wait till you get the second gift. I, I really think you'll like that. Now, speaking of gifts, are you ready for the holiday season? Do you celebrate Christmas? Or, you know, how, how does it work in, in your family culture? Or are you just like us? Um, me personally, minimally as possible. Because I don't have the time for it. It's like, oh yeah, December, Christmas, yeah, 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 I got all the crap to do. It's like, <laughs> oh no, I got a little wearable Krampus or something. <laughs> so it's just too much time, uh, you know, to dedicate toward some sort of, like, I'm like, you want me to spend money on decorating and this and that? I'm like, I'm, I just strive for practicality. I ask him, what do you want? And like, just tell me what you want, because that's all I can do. I don't have the brain power to keep going, and so there you go. Well, the farthest I got was I set up my tree. And considering the fact that it's just me and Castle Walker by myself, I put up the tree. You know, I uh, got my gifts ready for my little one. And uh, yeah, that's as far as I'm going to go, because I think, as I said before, you know, as we get older, the less effort we're going to put into things, you know, this kind of trivial like Christmas or Halloween or Thanksgiving. Now, of course, not to, not to uh, you know, push it aside for other people who choose to go all out and, you know, uh, decorate their houses and have their electric bill skyrocket for the sake of blinking lights. No, you know, nothing against you guys. But for me, Christmas tree, I think I'm good with that. You know, my Charlie Brown Christmas tree with the one ornament hanging over the side. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm good with that one. You ever notice that in Christmas movies, the bad guy is the one that doesn't want to get into Christmas? Why is that? I think they're like us. Yeah. I, 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 really, I really think they don't want to be bothered. It shouldn't be a... Hmm, it shouldn't be a mandatory thing. Like, don't, don't be such a fascist about Christmas. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I get just, a, Oh, go ahead, please. I don't must have your train of thought. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just had this insane conspiracy theory. Okay, it sounds like a communist threat. Think about it. A man in red that wants you to follow a certain amount of rules. You better be good or you're going to get put on a list. <laughs> that definitely sounds like the government, but, you know, <laughs> that's just me. Right. Right. It's a, you know, so, you know, you there on the internet. Go ahead and form your crazy conspiracy theory. Go, uh, go try to monetize this, and uh, you know, it'll be a charlatan. There, there you go. <laughs> now, of course, I mean, look at it different ways. You know, I mean, Santa Claus, he's a white man, works for the government. He gives you a list of things to do and not to do. And what's really odd is there was this little small kerfuffle, not really an uproar, that will kind of dip our little piggies in and talk about it for a few seconds here. Um, there was a, a big to-do that in the mall, in one of these various states, there was a black Santa. And people lost their ever-loving mind about a black Santa. And I really don't see what the big deal is, but they made it an issue with that. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? It kind of... You know, as... I, I, I don't... No, I'll just be straight about it. It's racist. 
You know, it's like they has to be, you know, an Aryan uh, Santa Claus. It has to be, you know, that's the way it is in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, and for people to reject that, you know, jeez. No, it's 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 really silly because you know, like you know, pretty much everything nowadays is you know, I mean, they're balancing out the sexes, you know, whether it be. Uh, female, more female superheroes, uh, more you know, more female driven, uh, whether it be TV shows or movies. And I find it kind of funny that the balance is there now, but they still can't, you know, they still can't handle a black Santa or a black Jesus or anything that's a different ethnicity they have a problem with. And I just find that so funny. I mean, even imagine like a slight variation, like a skinny Santa. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, Hulk Hogan was Santa's muscles, and you know, imagine that. People like, what the hell? You better go get obese. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, granted, what would really set people's heads on fire if there was a female Santa, but that really can't be the case because there's Mrs. Claus already. Now, of course, since I'll put that out there, they're going to go, ha-ha, it's going to be a lesbian Santa. Move forward, people. Progressive. More progressive. Well, why not? Why not have a gender swap Santa? I mean, I'll sit on both their laps. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kevin, that's sexist. You can't do that, Kevin. You can't do that. I said both their laps, you know? I see they probably have you standing... <laughs> well, they'll probably have you standing you know, next to Mrs. Santa, you know. You know, why don't you lie, you know, sit them next to each other and I'll just lie across their laps and be like, all right, this is what I want, everybody. I <laughs> see, so they're going to look at you and they're, they're going to say, oh, there goes Kevin messing everything up. He was the same guy on the game show. We can't have him on anything fun anymore. Call back to the original show, guys. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, nice. it's totally be horrible. Now, no. I, now go, go ahead, finish that thought because I do have a question for you. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's kind of... If that's the one thing that kind of like... Mm, I like it when they, they spice things up for Christmas. Just little things here and there. That's why I think um, Christmas horror movies are kind of fun. <laughs> like, um, I, uh, I heard there's a movie out there called It's a Wonderful Knife. <laughs> like, whoa, man. I gotta check that out. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Now see, see, I know they came out with I know they came out with Thanksgiving movie called Thanksgiving. How original! Um, it's a basic horror movie. Now they came out with a ton and ton and tons of you know Christmas horror movies, Christmas sleigh movies. Um, there is one, of course, Santa with muscles. It's not really a horror movie, but it should be. Um, there is a movie came out many years ago called Santa's Sleigh. Have you heard about that one? I think I have that one. Um, I enjoyed the Krampus movie. Um, I heard Black Christmas was okay. Um, there's one called You Better Watch Out, which is basically Home Alone, but dark. Um, a more obscure, like, 80s one. It's called Silent Night, Deadly Night. And so, yeah, there's there one out there. Yes. Now, Santa's Sleigh starred Bill Goldberg from WCW what? Wrestler. Yes. He played an evil Santa that killed people in the most violent ways possible. And it was a horror comedy, if you can imagine that. <laughs> Did he scare people? 
No, actually, one of the scenes, he stabbed somebody with a sharpened candy cane. Uh, I mean, it would have been fun to have some wrestling references. No, shockingly not. I actually watched this abomination of a movie looking for some sort of body slam or something. But no, it was Bill Goldberg dressed up as Santa Claus, slaying people and killing people. But here's a kicker. To defeat him, you had to put in him the spirit of Christmas to defeat him. So consumerism? <laughs> heavy, heavy credit card spending, you know. But uh, yeah. <laughs> now, now, are you a big holiday themed uh, movie buff? Mm, it, like again, I do appreciate when they kind of play with the genre, where it's just I don't need a Hallmark movie. It's like because you know exactly what's going to happen every story beat, and there, it's like it's all the samey sameness. So I don't have any reason to be emotionally involved because like it's like i know it's a foregone pro- conclusion it's like i can't stand prophecies in mainstream media because like you basically told the whole damn story anyways so who's the point <laughs> so i you know off the top of my head i can't really think of the mainstream media that really played with a holiday like that outside of the horror genre Understandable. You know, I used to watch a whole lot of Christmas movies with the family, of course. Now, the typical movies like The Grinch and stuff like that, those are always fun. But when it comes to corny romantic comedies, it's always the same thing. Guy who's either too busy in life to enjoy Christmas or a guy who has no direction in life, goes back to his old family town to see family, meets up with his old high school sweetheart that they don't speak anymore, they get together... And they have a family, and there we go. Everything's happy, happy. Or, on the, other, on the other side of the coin, you know, there's a cheesy Christmas movie where there's a serial killer Santa Claus who kills people in the most entertaining way possible, and he gets defeated in the end, which sets up for another sequel. And I just realized I'm the first first character too busy to enjoy the whole season. <laughs> like, oh, or like three ghosts going to visit me, or like... You know, some sort of like contrived set of events that are about to happen. I'm like, I'm waiting. <laughs> oh no, I just, I mean, I just think it's kind of passe now for Christmas movies because it's all the same thing, but they just play different variations of it. So you get used to it. You know, this is where the classic movie, Christmas movie cliches, you know, come into play as so you sit around at Christmas time, watch the same old Christmas movies repeatedly. You know, because it's the same message. You know, guy, yeah. a guy has no idea what he wants, gets together with an old friend, they have a family mm-hmm. magically, and everything is, you know, everything is happy-go-lucky. Well, it does <clears throat> remind me of that Christmas song, Comfort and Joy, and people do want that comfort, and there's nothing wrong with that, of having things that are you know, nostalgic and comforting, and, you know, you know exactly what you're getting. So I'm glad it exists for other people. And if it brings them that much happiness, then I'm, I'm for it. But again, don't put me the, as the antagonist because I'm not too into it. It's like, it's fun too, but like, I'm not as invested in it. You know, I'm glad it makes other people happy and I can be happy too. But you know, like I don't need to have a, uh, you know, 
have my sweater on. It's too damn hot too. <laughs> oh yeah, we're in Florida, so you don't have to worry about Christmas, ugly Christmas sweaters. Now, folks, our dear listeners, we are not hating on Christmas or hating on the holidays. We're just, you know, kind of poking fun at the typical tradition stuff with the movies and, you know, the the commercialism, I guess, you know, when it comes to, to Christmas. Not necessarily the actual message of Christmas, because obviously a good chunk of us deep down inside, you know, we're we are still that little kid at Christmas time waiting for those gifts. I'm 47. I still wake up early for Christmas, even though I buy my own gifts. Go figure. But I'm still in the whole Christmas spirit, just the movies and stuff like that. It's not, it's not really my cup of tea. Well, I just thought that, you know how, like, like more, uh, I guess, deeply rooted conservatives have subverted, you know, ideas that are represented on, on the other side. I think I should embrace the war on Christmas. <laughs> Only you, Kevin. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to have, like, look at the color spectrum and use, like, <laughs> the, all the opposite colors of red and green. Invite <laughs> <laughs> like, a, drink, like, a drink that's the opposite of eggnog. Like, chicken vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Now the funniest thing is I don't know what eggnog I don't know what eggnog is. I mean my mother loves it every single year. And I've tasted eggnog, I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty tasty for what it is. It's a very thick kind of film kind of kind of drink and it's a very unique taste. And I never knew what was in eggnog. I mean, have you you know have you drank eggnog? I mean what do you, do you like it or, or don't like it? Mm, yeah, it's it's like I could have a shot of it. I like to think it's cream of booze. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it. Because my mother always kind of add alcohol to it when she drank it. I mean, how close you gonna like slurp it down? <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I'll always wonder what it's made out of. So that's something I have to go back and check one of these days because I'm kind of curious about it. You got some egg. You got somebody's noggin. There you go. Well, see, always go back to violence, Kevin. Always go right back to violence. <laughs> season, season beatings, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. I will beat the Christmas spirit into you. <laughs> uh, but my, uh, my, my original topic I wanted to ask you is, you see, I'm going to keep going back to this. And eventually, you know, all my people are going to drop off because they keep hearing me complain. I'm that old man screaming at clouds. <sighs> Okay, question for you. And I'll give you a chance to think about it. I'll probably go first. What is what, what is one of the phrases that you hate hearing the most? Hate's a pretty strong word, but what, what, what's one phrase you hate hearing the most? That's a, that's a, that's a lot of them. <laughs> like, um, one that I'm still learning to get over is welcome in. Um, it's just why? Why can't you say welcome or welcome to, um, welcome to Shake Shack? I don't know. Welcome to Spearmint Rhino. Just tell me where I'm at. <laughs> just ended it in a preposition like that. I mean, I accept that people use prepositions to end a sentence. That's fine. But just, I just think it's within the last like 20 years, it became a popularized greeting at stores and like, 
why would you say that? It, it, at first I thought it was the southern thing. And it's just like, okay, I can accept this. I don't have to get annoyed by it. <laughs> How about you? Now, this is a new one that I just recently heard. And I'm like, okay. Now, I understand being a podcaster or an amateur podcaster like I am, I tend to repeat certain things when I don't know what to say. For example, I'll say, you know, or I'll say, um, or I would say everything in between. People who listen to our shows know these are the three phrases that I say repeatedly because sometimes I get stumped. I don't know what to say or I lose my spot or I think and I, I think too fast my mouth can't keep up with me so I hit one of my go-to lines but one phrase I've heard repeatedly and it just irks me to no end is at the end of the day now I'll give you a perfect example now see you you know this one you know when you when you're speaking with someone and they can't really come up with a point they go back to well at the end of the day it's all about a b and c and d and you'd be surprised how that one sentence is a new fad. Because no matter what, if I'm watching something on YouTube or a television show or even just out and about, I hear people, well, okay, good point. But at the end of the day, I'm like, that, that makes no sense. That makes no sense to me. Because regardless, it is going to be at the end of the day. And that's not the, that's not the basis of the argument. <laughs> you know, we're having a discussion. If you... If you are losing, quote-unquote, losing the argument, and you fall back to, at the end of the day, it all, and I'm like, no, no, we just stopped the conversation right there, and let's just move on. Just, just it's okay. Just say you lost. It's okay. Well, I'll, I'll just learned that You can always retort, like, at the, well, you know, in the heat of the night. <laughs> but see, they wouldn't get that reference. They would not get that reference. <laughs> well, that's why you say it, just to mystify them. <laughs> So, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that phrase, if you have any? It, it doesn't bother me too much unless it is repeated ad nauseum. I know their intent is to bring a finality to their point, and um, it, it is kind of like their way of saying "quorum estegratum," QED, like to kind of prove their point and just <laughs> move on. It's just kind of a shorthand. I'm like, oh, uh, but we're not. We're still talking about it, so on <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we go. Uh, it's just I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, Maybe I, they should just be like, act one, finish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're losing your argument. You're like, Finn, what? Finn, finish. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun, though. That would be entertaining. So you lost the argument, <laughs> Kevin Finn. What? Oh. What the hell's wrong with you? Walk away. <laughs> yeah, just walk away. <laughs> now, nice. now, please don't misunderstand. I am far from perfect when it comes to putting together sentences because I have a bad stutter. Sometimes I go blank. And I'm not really the smartest peanut in a turd. But that's one of the phrases I will just never say at the end of the day. Um, do you have any? Do you have any any other ones that have come to mind? Okay, to be extremely specific, and it's not that I don't like it. This is I don't feel compelled to use it. 
as a uh, born and bred person from New England, I do not say y'all. And I have no problem with y'all as a term whatsoever. When I was growing up, it seemed kind of like an indicator of you being like a hillbilly. And, you know, as a kid, you know, we would make fun of people from the South that way by saying y'all. But by living itself, I came to accept it. But I myself don't use it. I say you guys. And I know there's a small group of people that are that do not enjoy that term, but I I've been saying it for so long, and I don't mean it as something to to ostracize people, but that's just what I say, you guys, because it's like a northeastern thing. It's also a west coast thing, and I just hope that people don't um, take offense to it. Because I try to be respectful, I can adjust my language. Because brutally, I I do want to respect people, and I won't just throw words just to say it. But I just don't. I just it doesn't feel natural or authentic for me to say y'all. I can just say you guys. It just feels a part of my cult, like my my linguistic upbringing. And I mean, somehow I've avoided. <laughs> the the Boston accent so but you know a couple words here and there like I'll say like bubbler instead of the fountain so kind of like that interesting coming from up north I would say pop instead of soda so moving down to Florida my mother would say go to the store and get me a pop I would go look for pop I would ask the person behind the counter hey do you have pop and they would stare at me like I have flaming turds hanging on my nose and they would say, what's a pop? I'm like, soda, uh, you know, pop, Coca-Cola. They're like, oh, a soda. I'm like, yeah, soda pop. Where's your pop? They're like, no, it's, so- no, no, it's soda. I'm like, look, I'm not going to argue with you. Just give me the goddamn pop. But, yes, I had to learn, had to learn that the hard way. Uh, the great pop debate. What's fun is to look at the, um, the language map of the air that say pop versus soda versus soda pop versus even saying anything is Coke. It's an interesting map. Mm, that's a good one. I like that. Now, here's, mm. here's one that, once again, all goes back to my age. This one I have an issue with. And the, the word is bruh or bro. <laughs> Don't know where it came from. Don't know the evil origin backstory. It's just, you hear something, you're like, bruh. I'm like, no, 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 stop it. I'll get my newspaper, roll it up and smack you in the nose with it and say, no. (laughs) Either just come up with another word because bruh is not a word. It's It's one of those words where you substitute when you have nothing else to say. That's a very interesting cultural thing because in a way, if I was with a group of other uh, like speakers of my language that are of the culture and of the ethnicity, I would I wouldn't mind using the terms we use for each other for like you know big brother or little brother or big sister or little sister and so on and so forth because it's a cultural identifier. But I will not use that outside of the culture. Um, it's just kind of like I will, like I said in cereal beer, I will not bow to somebody who's not an older Asian. <laughs> that made me audibly <laughs> laugh when you said that, but yes, I understand. 
it's just part of the culture. Just like bro, like people think bro, I'm like okay, but it's a different feel to it all. If somebody calls me bro, I'm like okay, but not the same as somebody called me like big brother in, in you know Mandarin or, or Cantonese. Now to dip into that real quick, is that something? Is, is that something normal? Uh, for, for a culture to say big brother and little brother, is, is that something normal? Is that a term of endearment? It's a cultural way of, ex- of, of expressing yourself to each other. Like you called like an older person grandma or grandpa, or it's just part of the culture. And um, it's just kind of, it exists in, you know, Japanese culture and Korean culture as well. And I don't expect them to use those terms with me because I'm not of their culture. I'm, it's like, it's okay to not, include me like that it's cool don't worry about it <laughs> but if somebody outside the culture called that to me like why would you say that <laughs> yes um that's like that's like you calling me hey my n-word how's it going i'll look at you and go really <laughs> i'm like i'm like i'm not mad i'm not offended i'm just more confused <laughs> i'm more confused kevin why would you call me that <laughs> i think that i think in order for some a non- you know, black person to use that word, you, you need to have a permission slip signed by five black people that don't know each other. <laughs> <laughs> or what will happen, you know, you will call me that and like five black people will show up next to you and give you a crown and a cape and go, congratulations, <laughs> you passed. You are a brave soul. We respect you. <laughs> you are officially one of us, bro. You know, there you go. So. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be... It's like, I don't know, man. You just don't just throw that word around. I don't know, guys. Well, I mean, it just it just makes you wonder about words. And we won't get too much into that because that'll be a whole another three-hour show talking about words, good words, bad words. What's the definition of a, of a bad word versus the definition of a good word or just a word in general? Because it's just words. But obviously, you know, just as we know, we're adults here. Words have power. And certain things you can take the power away from words. But I don't think even in past generations, even this, even in this generation, people aren't ready to take the power away from certain words. It kind of shifts. It's kind of... Um, like how it, it just really kind of depends a lot in the the times that it says like being called something back in the day like I remember like um like way back in the day let's just say nearly 100 years ago you call somebody that's sexually harassed another person a masher but then you call some masher's name like what are you saying <laughs> it's like is that a like i don't know yet oh no what's that mean you know urban wikipedia <laughs> Well, I mean, me, uh, I picked up one of one, the, the British term, the UK terms. Uh, I would call someone a numpty. And people around me would laugh. And, you know, I'm like, well, that's a derogatory term. I'm just, I just call it somebody because they're stupid. No, I just call them a numpty. But, um, but no, I mean, this, you know, you know, of course, other words, like, and are the older generation. You know, if you call someone like a fag, for example, which is a cigarette, but back then, that was a very strong term. You know, nowadays, nobody uses that word anymore. You know, right. but, you know because that word has been desensitized, and that's just a word just kind of out of style, if, 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 
if I want to if I want to use that properly. It's just kind of out of style now. It's just derogatory, just like um, the word "cunt" in I think the UK or Australia or so on is not that bad of a word, but it's a another bad four-letter word in American English. So there's also a societal um, agreement to that as well. Mm. Yes, yes it is. And it's so odd. See, now we jump, jumped over to words now, Kevin. Damn you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real words with friends. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I, I, I think what's, what's interesting is to get creative with words because we really don't call each other names anymore, at least not the older generation because we just really don't bother. You know, we look at them and say, you're an idiot, and just kind of keep moving. You know, if you call someone a numpty or a tosser, best thing ever, because they'll just stare at you and go, what did you call me? And you have to really think about it, and then go look it up on Google to find out what it really means. You know, just, I just love doing stuff like that. Just just makes it wonderful. Or I call someone an individual. You know, I-N-D-U-H, visual. And they say, oh, thank you. You call me an individual. Thank you. That's so nice. I'm like, yep, no problem. You're quite the individual. Uh, it's, it takes, it would take a lot, it would take certain things for me to, you know, to slander or libel somebody like that. So I try to be patient, and I try not to, like, feed into the aggression inside of me, because it's not worth it. But there are triggers, like, um, uh, for example, a, uh, actually, shout out to Cabo Cove, a great Cabo bar here in Orlando. And just, I really like the, you know, all the people there. It's like a real cool mob. It's a great place to be, great for socializing. And so um, one of the um, workers there was telling us all the story about how at the place she used to work at, there was a man that pretended to be blind. And I got to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I was a patient man. <laughs> this anecdote has proved me wrong, you know, it's so <laughs> bad that somebody would do this just to, you know, har- harass women. Wow. I'm like, oh, it's like, please let this just be a story, because if this person's real, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to swear an oath of revenge against them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, wow, that's pretty harsh. That's, wow. Love people. This is why yeah. I stay inside my castle. I mean, it kind of reminds me of. Do you remember that story a couple of years, like a couple of years ago, where one of the, I think, the leader of the NCAA, and turned out, turned out that she wasn't black at all. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> now, do you remember? Do you remember her name, or just you know, or just uh, what she did? I just I don't remember the name, but just the the story was just so fantastical. Of like, why would somebody live a lie like that and just roll with it on and on and on to become such a public figure? It's like, what were you thinking? Yeah, that's crazy. So, our dear listeners, if you go in a wayback machine, just Google. Yeah, like Kevin said, there's a young lady who posed herself to be a black woman. She curled her hair, darkened her face, and yeah, worked for the NAACP. It was this humongous scandal. This was a couple of years ago. And nobody could fathom 
how or how or why she would do it. And, you know, just people just want their 15 minutes of fame or just pretend to be something they're not. I know we all put on the mask, but she took it 15 steps kind of further on that one, folks. Yeah, don't put on her black face, you know. I mean, well, I mean, at least she, at least she didn't do a tap dance to say "mammy" or anything, so that's, that's a positive. <laughs> but like, it's, that's just—it's so destructive, not only for herself, but for that delay. It really just embarrasses them. And like, why? It's like, wow, you just didn't even think about what could have happened. Now that really just tarnished their reputation. Some people just need attention, Kevin. I don't know what it is. I mean, hell, worse comes to worse, you know, get her own damn podcast. She'll be fine. Um, but uh, I, I do have a question for you. Um, you know, since I hit a couple of topics, do you have anything for us? Hmm. Well, yeah. Um, uh, like, like I said earlier, um, I mentioned that uh, something that makes – something that you don't like but you're glad it exists. So is there something that – out there that you don't personally enjoy, but you're glad you're glad exists. That is a really good question. And what I'll do, I'll lob it over to you first, and just give me a few minutes to think of one because that's interesting. Okay, yeah, you you please you first. Sure, I'll say uh, soccer or football. It is not for me. It, I, I don't personally find it engaging. I'm not interested in watching or playing it, but I'm glad it exists because it's an international sport and that so many people from so many different countries are into it. And they, it, it's, it, I, I admire the athleticism. It's like nonstop cardio and the skill it takes to be able to, to score a goal and to do the training and to thrive under pressure is amazing. And I'm glad that people are totally into it. And, you know, that's like their thing that they love. Not for me, but great for them. So, yeah, that's my thing. How about you? Okay. I'll take it right into left field here. Um, languages. Hmm. Because if you really think about it, I mean, we're, you know, America is a very narcissistic kind of country and we want everybody to speak English. No matter where you go, somebody has to speak English or we're going to hate you forever. No, uh, no, I'm glad that different languages exist. It gives us, it gives us an opportunity to learn different cultures, you know, to learn that there is more than just English. There's more than just the United States. There's more than just, you know, one type of thing out there. You know, you go to Japan, go to Asia, go to Finland, go to Antarctica. There's so many things out there to learn, you know, pe- you know, for people to get out of their bubble and experience something else. I'm glad that it's there because I understand how difficult it is to learn another language, to learn a different culture. You know, I, you know, sometimes I don't like it, but I'm glad it's here because, you know, I mean, it's always a good thing just to... Find out what's out there. If you're stuck in your town for 20 years and never go anywhere, in in my belief, you're missing out on so much more that's out there. You know, traveling is the greatest thing ever. And you can continue doing it until the day you pass. And there's always something to learn. So language is my thing. Mm-hmm. It, it was, like when I discovered there are videos 
where people get outraged at other people speaking non-English languages in public, that like that drove me crazy. Like, why are people so insanely entitled to demand people not, you know, speak English like that? It's it's bizarre to me. Like, have you seen those videos out there? Oh yes. Oh, I've seen plenty of them, and I do have a story about that. Um, but now, please continue. Uh, it just seems like such a racist thing that they cannot tolerate people communicating in another language. That it's like, oh, they feel so excluded or are they communicating secret messages? It is like, it has nothing to do with them. So why they just feel so empowered to yell at people? Because I... Like I mentioned earlier, up here, oh man, rage fantasies are a secret addiction of mine. <laughs> so when, I try, when I try to put myself in people's shoes, like, oh man, I would get arrested for fighting them. <laughs> well, one of the things that that I learned in, in high school, I took German in high school. And I took all four years of German. And because I was just enamored um, by the language and how it was. And going to Germany and being in Germany for a while, <clears throat> I would have conversations with, with Germans. And what I, what was funny to me is they would tell me in German, say it in English, please. Because they were enamored, they were enamored with English. So I kind of laughed. I'm like, I took all these years of your language I'm coming over to your country to speak to you and have that connection. And you say, no, speak English, please. I'm like, no, all down the tubes, all down the tubes. But no, it's, it's, it, uh, it was a great cultural awakening, you know, you know, to, to experience something like that. This is why I've traveled. I'm going to do more traveling and I'm going to learn more languages because there's so much out there. And once again, you're right. It's this weird sense of entitlement to get back to my point when I was in Germany, um, I was uh, with a group of people, and there was this one person who were named Nameless. Now, he, he was kind of a country bumpkin kind of guy, and he really didn't take the time to really embrace um, the culture. So when someone would speak to him in broken English, trying to be courteous, he would get upset. You know, he would go, "Oh, he would go, oh, sprechen Sie English." Why can't you speak fucking English? You know, he was just, an, you know, he was just a numpty and just made us look bad because he didn't want to make the effort to try to even say Guten Tag or V Gates or something like that. He would just be that, he would be that America kind of guy. And it was, you know, it was, it was horrendous. Right. And it just makes people look bad. It's like, in a weird way, when you go to another country, you may be that person's memory, that person's impression of a person from another country. So if you act up like an ass, like that's their impression that you're gonna leave. It's kind of like being a POC in America. Like you're an Asian, when people look at you, you know, they always, just always probably gonna expect you to be the spokesman of all black people. <laughs> you know? It's like you're it. You're you're the only black guy around. What do you think about this? Different people, <laughs> <laughs> sir. You, sir, you are the Million Man March. Okay, <laughs> there you go. 
Exactly. You are MLK and Malcolm X. All in one. Those was like. Sir, is there racism in America? No. Good to hear you Morris to be like, so yeah, what do you think of. Uh, what do you think of Wakanda? Tell us about that. Oh, good lord. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I just—I mean, I just—I—I I, I just love it. I understand that nobody's like me. I'm not like anybody else. You know, I just—I just like to see people make the effort. You know, people try, especially when you're going overseas somewhere else, and learning the language mm -hmm. is definitely a plus. But once again, that's just me. I understand that people in Germany want to learn English, or people in Japan want to learn English, and just vice versa. But I just think, out of respect, it's a good thing to know the language, you know, when you get to their country. It's, you know, just, you know, just my little personal thing. And it is interesting for people to, um, to people examine what they really learn from people overseas. Um, I, maybe this was a dream or not, but I think there might have been a, a Donian article about, um, Man goes overseas just to uh, form new stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That is so awesome. What was really funny, there isn't really any stereotypes for in Germany. There, there really isn't. For German people? Yeah. I mean... Eh, I mean... Like, my sister-in-law is German, and so, you know, of course, America you loves to talk about World War II and just, like, associates, you know, Nazism and, like, also Germans being efficient and humorless, so just kind of like that, and she's just like, why, why, why are Americans like this? Oh, yes, there is that. I mean, obviously, there's a big chunk of that I foolishly missed, but yes. People in the comments are going to just kill me on that one. But yes, I, I admit it, folks. I was wrong. But Kevin, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Kevin, it's German. But uh, yeah. Or the light of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, like, what else did you, uh, you know, that you're grateful for that we really didn't need? Time? Can you say that again? Oh, your, your topic at hand. Uh, what, what was there something else uh, that you could think of other than that what you mentioned earlier? What am I glad exists and that, um, that I don't really enjoy? Okay. So um, I've been watching um, the cartoon version or adaptation of Scott Pilgrim, Scott, namely Scott Pilgrim um, takes off. And it's a really fun series. For those of you who have read the comic or the uh, or watched the original movie, it's really great. It's really awesome because it turns its premise upside down, and to, and I really enjoyed it. And I, I read the review, and it pointed out that you know besides being a zany action uh, uh, cartoon, it's also a romantic comedy. And I'm like, huh. It is a romantic comedy, and I'm trying to let go of this idea that everything should be for me, and if it's not, it sucks. 
So <laughs> I want to I want to think that I'm glad romantic comedies exist for people. Because some people truly enjoy it and that's their favorite genre. And I just can think, yeah, it's 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 entertaining and heartwarming and that's good for people and like and I can be picky about it. Uh, I could just be like, okay, there's certain you know romantic comedies I can get down with, but probably not too many. But overall, it's okay if there exists a genre that's not for me and I don't enjoy it. I, I'm not gonna go on this you know warpath to destroy all, all of them. <laughs> okay, well here I have one more for you, and then I'll hand it over to you. We can keep on going. You can come up with a different topic. Uh, something I'm, I'm, I'm glad that exists that's not really necessary is podcasts. Simple. <laughs> Simple, right in front of my face, is podcast. Because, and I'll go on this little journey here, take this ride with me. <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I've been a radio fan for the longest time. And I've always wanted to be on the radio. And I always wanted to, to learn where to go, what class to take to be on the radio because it was so popular. As radio slowly died down, the adventures of podcasting popped up. And once again, everybody knows my backstory. I stumbled upon it and have been doing it ever since. But just like the radio, what's the point of podcasting? What's really the point? <laughs> you know, it's just a poor man's version of radio. But I'm glad it exists. You know, you know I'm glad that Anybody can do it. You know, I'm glad it's not exclusive just for just for a certain type of people or a certain category of people or any, anything of the sort. Anybody can do a podcast. And that's one thing I'm, I'm really glad that exists. I mean, it's not needed, but I'm glad it's here. So, and of course, finding out, Kevin, that you've done podcasting for years also, it's a freaking extra bonus. You never told me that, Kevin. Never told me. <laughs> <laughs> That's before we reconnected. I should have, like, <laughs> notified everybody individually. Hey, Grandma, I got a podcast. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> now, 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 before we go any further, I have to interject one more thing, Kevin. I'm sorry. There um, we go. Yeah. Now, so my listeners who are listening to the show right now, um, it's well known that Kevin and I have been friends for many, many years. We've been apart for a couple of decades, I guess, and finding him on Facebook of all places and getting reacquainted with him, I discovered he did a podcast. I had no earthly idea after having a few minutes of conversation with him that he did a podcast. I listened to it and I'm like, holy shit. Um, it's serendipitous that he did a podcast and so am I. And we can Wonder Twin Powers activate and do our own show together. And uh, yeah, because everybody, everybody does a podcast now. And it's so cool. You know, I mean, it's nothing of a secret clubhouse. Anybody with a microphone and a computer and some time on their hands can do this. Hell, if I can do it, <laughs> anybody can do it. So, I'll, but I'll hand it back to you, Kevin. <laughs> well, you know, I love podcasts. It's, you know, it's, you know, not only as a accessible entertainment, but also the thing that I like what is like, what you point out, anybody can do it. And just, it's kind of just so like a garage band type of thing. You know, you get together and you just find your niche and you just talk about what you want. You can talk about your rock collection. You can talk about the, the stars and the moon. 
did. I just really enjoyed that. And you don't need to be part of a huge corporation to do it. You don't have to sell your soul to iHeartRadio to do it. And it just really makes me happy that way. And so the question I want to bring to you, what do you think about already pre-existing celebrities getting in on the business? For example, like, like Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama had a podcast. Like, you guys don't really... Aren't you like just gotta you uh, you're already famous enough <laughs> to like yeah, push up more content to like make yourself even more well known? Like, what's your take? Well, four years ago, stumbling upon this, thinking that this is something groundbreaking that I can do, I can try to make a living out of, and I can get really popular and famous, Kevin, and then. I look online, I see Joe Rogan. I'm like, okay, cool. He's a comedian. You know, he likes UFC, blah, blah, blah. That's cool. Okay, now Kevin Smith has a podcast. Ooh, okay, really popular producer, makes great movies. I'm like, I, I still have a fighting chance. And I look further and I see actors, actresses, comedians, you know, sports people. They all have podcasts. I'm like, God damn it. I'm like, now the president has one? Oh, I'm totally screwed. I'm like, I'm totally screwed. You know, I'm trying to make a name for myself, but I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This is a good thing. This is a good thing because a podcast is basically for everyone. You know, it's the OG of all-inclusive, you know, thing that that anybody can do. And I kind of, I kind of joke. I'm like, hey, dude, you're taking away all of our popularity. You're taking all my shine here, man. I'm trying to make a name for myself, and you're the president. I can't go higher than you. But fine, you got your own podcast. I'll sit back here and make my own little funky show. Why not? Why not? But uh, no, 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 I love it. I love the fact that that we all have a voice. And this is all unfiltered. I mean, granted, yes, certain, certain um, avenues, you know, may not like certain words, phrases, topics or whatnot. But in general, a podcast is, is a free form. There's just basically no rules, you know. You just keep your nose clean and know what to say and know what and, and not and not what to say. But yeah, you pretty much have free range just just to express yourself. This is a a different version of radio that, that everyone has access to. So this is what this is what I love. Something that's not really needed, but but I'm glad it, it exists. Yeah, this all back to take those snow rules just right. <laughs> so, so, so pretty much to borrow a phrase from uh, Jeff, I think you're talking shit about Outback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't eaten there in like in decades, so. <laughs> next, next episode coming live from Outback Steakhouse. See, there you go. <laughs> The frickin' bloomin' onion, folks. The bloomin' onion. Um, <laughs> my cholesterol was kind of low. But as the show goes on, and as we're slowly winding down here, um, what else do you have for us, Kevin? Or do you have anything else for us? Because I'm curious to hear what's been going on with you, what kind of ideas you have, what kind of topics you have. Dude, the floor is all yours, man. Okay, well, you know, let's didn't haul the idea. So, uh, it's December, and I love... I'm allowing myself to, you know, minimally enjoy Christmas stuff. And so I started playing a uh, jazz Christmas uh, station. And 
there was okay you ever hear that one song um it's kind of like a doo-wop song about what christmas like i think elvis may have said it as well like i'm down dreaming oh yes <laughs> and so <laughs> i heard like a new version which removed the song part of the song i can't stand where a guy sings in falsetto like like I, I won't push any of you by doing it but like because the classic version somebody does it you know, like, I hate this if I was a dog I'd be howling <laughs> but, but in the new one like a woman was singing and like I'm like okay you fixed this part of the song good job lady so I'm, I'm happy for that so um, is there a remake of a Christmas song that you like hmm that's a really tough one because being raised in the Christmas spirit, just like all of us, we constantly hear remake after remake after remake of Christmas songs to a point of, I don't really know what the original artist was, you know? So yes, I would hear Dean Martin or somebody sing a Christmas song or Elvis sing a Christmas song. I it's a really tough one for me because I don't know who the original singer was. Um, I can, you know, I can do the basic, you know, sleigh bells ring, are you listening kind of thing, and I have no idea who sings it. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but I can tell you, the only Christmas song that I loathe with an undying passion, and I will strangle a dolphin in the nude if I hear it, um, is uh, the Mariah Carey All I Want for Christmas. Oh, interesting. I let me just let me just say this and I'll drop it. It's not that I don't like Mariah Carey, because I do. Talented across the board, you know it, it is what it is. But that Christmas song, they play it to death. They play that Christmas song to death. And I cannot stand it. Play any other Christmas song except for that one. Because it's, um, it's, it's that earworm kind of song. You hear it, and it just stays with you. It never goes away. So play anything else but All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey. I think I'm fine with that. Ah, interesting, interesting. For me, um, I go into my meditative state to avoid, like, to resolve my disdain for um, simply having a... Uh, wonderful Christmas time. For some reason, I just feel it's just so aharmonic. I can't stand it. I'm also not a fan of that one song. Um, so this is Christmas. Oh, it's such a <laughs> it's such a sad sack song. Happy <laughs> <laughs> Christmas! Like you completely <laughs> missed the mark. Like why would you do that? It's like. Just be be a sad little boy or be happy. No, no, choose a choose a lane, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then there is like a synth song, and like mostly synth. I'm just like, this is awful. It's like, it's like the worst the '80s had to offer for for a Christmas song. I, I I'm trying not to remember that, lest I you know increase my blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, in the '80s. Um, they had these super groups that would come together and sing Christmas songs, um, like George Michael, like George Michael of Wham, and like U2 and stuff like that. They would do Christmas jingles all together. And it was actually pretty decent, but 
nowadays, no, it's it's not good. I think I'm done with uh, with, with with music tunes. I rather listen to the old seventies, sixties, fifty kind, you know, type of stuff. Oh no, man! Have you seen the music video for with Big Crosby and David Bowie? No, I have not. It's bizarre. It's, they look like they're just zoning out, like staring into the abyss of, like, of space. It is like, oh, are you guys okay? <laughs> they probably got paid. They probably got paid a lot of money just to come up with some sort of Christmas song, and they kind of just phoned it in for the paycheck. It's it's weird. You want to have a weird Christmas? Check out that that music video. Oh man, I'm scared. I'm really scared. <laughs> I'm really scared. <laughs> now I do have I do have one final question for you before we wind everything down. Um, what was your first taste of Christmas? Um, yeah, I mean, when when you had your first Christmas experience, you know, was was it uplifting? Was it inspirational? Were you happy, or was it just another day for you? It was nice. We had a Christmas tree and you know presents from everybody so like it wasn't like all out but it was still nice just to look forward to it and of course not have school and again growing up in the northeast like having the quintessential white christmas because there's no all over the damn place um and so it was it's a nice little memory and i think i would get Later, as time goes on, I got tired of Christmas because I didn't want it to show up to my face. And when it started encroaching on the Thanksgiving, like, this is not cool. And then it would start encroaching on Halloween. I was like, this is really not cool. <laughs> so I mentally sequester it to December. And that's why I keep it now. <laughs> Perfect place for it, folks. <laughs> um, it was, once I mean, it's my younger years because I was conditioned that Christmas was the best time of year. It was, you know, you would ask Santa for anything and everything and he would deliver it, wink, wink. And, you know, we spend family time decorating a tree, writing Santa a list of things we wanted, you know, staying up late, waking up early. It was just something that we were used to. And that stretched for many, many, many years. Um, I can remember the last fun Christmas I had was, was in my former life. Um, we went all off for Christmas. You know, we buy up to 80 gifts, you know, like for the kids and stuff wow. like that. Yeah. We, we, we would record all the gifts around the tree and we would have like 80 to 90 gifts for, you know, for, for three kids. And it was just interesting because we would think about the kids and less about ourselves because it became about the family tradition. So this is something that we were used to. Um, but my first, yeah, my first experience, it was, you know, it was magical because it's one of those things to where a smell would bring you back to a certain point in your life. Like Jeff mentioned, you know, he smelled shampoo of his ex girlfriend and brought him back to his ex-girlfriend. I would smell a, a tree and that would bring me back to a Christmas thing. So that's, that's one of my early memories about it was just the scent of Christmas. Very nice. Very nice. See everybody, we don't hate Christmas. We just we're very picky about it. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so as this, so, so as this show winds down, do you have any rants there, Kevin? Um. Yes. 
ones this kind of highly philosophical um you know as i just said we're picking about christmas um i i was thinking about another thing that was told to me during the summer tree uh that my yoga teacher said that the paraphrase that um the less preference you have the more taken care of and i do think that the stronger your preferences are the more bound you are you're more bound to be unhappy because things aren't the way you exactly the way you like it or the way you want it to be it makes sense to you but once you start letting go once you're okay well it's not exactly what you like but it's nice in so many ways you'll be at peace it just reminds me of just like like the realist extremists the world is not exactly the way they want it and they get so mad and they'll do everything in their power to make it that world go exactly the way they want it because that's the way it's gonna be and it'll make them feel happy and blah 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 and I'm like to me it can just if you just learn to think there's no wrong way to love or, or live it's so much easier on you and I th- I'm trying to think that way for myself is like if things don't work out the way exactly the way I want it it's okay it's easier on me that way I don't have to have things 100% perfect. I don't, truly. And I keep trying to remind myself of that because I keep thinking, like, why isn't the world the way I like it and it cater to me? And it's just like, it doesn't have to. So I just hope that I can keep growing to think that way, that my preferences don't have to be that strong because it'll be just better that way for me personally. How about you? Interesting. Now, I always pride myself on having boundaries in my life, um, knowing knowing what I prefer, knowing um, what I will and will not deal with. You know, so we kind of have an opposite view on that. But I believe that to be at peace with yourself, to be really happy with yourself, you have to earn that because nothing is deserved. You know, no one deserves to be happy. No one deserve, deserves to be anything. You have to work hard at it. Because if it was easy, everybody would be at peace. And everybody would be happy. So you have to really work for it. You have to earn it. And I believe with standards I put on myself and boundaries I put on myself for other people, I've really worked hard to get to where I'm at right now to be at peace and to be happy. Now, granted, you are correct in some ways by saying, obviously, things will never go the way you want them to. You know, obviously, life will always throw curveballs at you. But once you earn that inner peace and you say you finally get it, you'll understand and you'll just move like the ocean. You know, you'll move like the river. Yes, it's not going to go my way. I understand it. So I have to go around and find another another way, another method, you know, to get to x y and z destination so i believe that you know yes for me um setting setting goals expectations and and boundaries definitely work in my favor because i work hard for it and it pays off you hit that one goal on to the next i do think we're actually in in a roundabout way we're talking about the same thing but like and, and with two different roads trying to achieve, get to the same destination. 
Well, I mean, it's, like, it's an interesting look, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, like I've always said, you know, the path to happiness is never in a straight line. You can always get lost in the woods somewhere, or you can always get distracted. Mm-hmm. Right, and to me, sometimes the work is very deceptive, and for me to say that the more to let go of preferences, that's work. Letting go is 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 work. Like lately, I've been getting, I was getting mad about all the things I lost. Like coming back here to Florida, like clothes, and like oh fuck, I don't have that shirt anymore. I really like all that stuff I had that's gone, and I had to tell myself it's like, it's just clothes, and like if I can get more clothes, I've got plenty of clothes. I've got clothes galore, and I don't need that to be happy, and I can let go of that because I I was thinking I prefer those clothes so much more, but if I keep thinking like. If I can temper that and just think this stuff, I got too much stuff already, I can be about peace. And, and, and in a way, that is work. Oh, yes. I mean, when, when my life went a different course, I had to reset myself mentally and just really just kind of go with the flow. Because, yeah, I, 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 definitely, I definitely sympathize with you. Because there are things I left behind. I'm like, I should have grabbed that. <laughs> I really, really should have grabbed that. <laughs> but I'm like, no, no, it's gone. I'm not going to sweat it. <sighs> That's my favorite shirt too. God damn it. But, you know, well, I, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we kind of mean the same thing. We just take different paths to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Are, you, uh, are, are you ready for my rant? Or, you know, are you, you still have more? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unleash the beast. Go ahead. Gee, with all that buildup, I have performance anxiety. No, um, <laughs> I have. Uh, uh, I discovered now that I'm at peace with everything. My home is officially my castle. I've always, you know, ranted about Castle Walker and stuff like that. It's not just something I say. It's an actual way of life for me. It is my castle. My castle away from all the dragons, all the, you know, the, the Gorlocks, the destroyers that are out there, you know, trying to drag down my day and stuff like that. I'm literally fighting dragons all day long and I come home to my castle and this is my safe haven or as the kids would say, my safe space. And I just continue to build my castle every single day. Um, something small, like I mentioned on the last show, I changed my shower head, something small, something meaningless, but it added on to my piece because it's a shower head. It's different. Very streams of water. There you go. And uh, I just recently got a new washer because my other washer was on its last leg. And I got a new washer, tried it out. It's perfect. But it's these little simple things that just adds to my happiness and adds to my peace. I keep altering my castle, adding new things to my castle, making the little simple, little minor adjustments just to make life easier. I'm a minimalist. I don't buy a whole lot of flashy things. I just improve on what I have. And all this stuff just keeps building to my peace. And for me, the crux of this conversation is for me and my peace, it's just the little things. I enjoy the little things. I enjoy working working out on my Peloton bike for a half hour while I'm lost in YouTube pedaling away or 
doing my floors or just simple little chores that just gives me that internal happiness, you know, that I've been searching for for so many years. And now I finally have it. I'm going to keep it. And doing these things just really helps me. So, so my uh, words of wisdom to all of you people out there that listen to the show and hang on to every single word that Kevin and I speak as we cure world hunger and racism and politics, continue to do little things around you, you know, to, you know, like to strengthen your home, to, you know, to strengthen you as a person. So that's my rant, Kevin. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, I, like, incidentally, there's another podcast I like called Do Scared Didn't Watch. And one of the girls talked about, um, their partner saying who doesn't like traveling he said like i love my home so much why would i want to be away from it i'm like huh that's a really interesting way to think about it like if you really do love your home and you invest in it and that's where you really have your happiness that is just as cool as going out and exploring the world i mean you know you may get some things by exploring that you can't get at home but at the same time if being you know, at your home is happy, is great. And you should spend your resources on what you love. I think that's a great way to invest your time and money and, and emotions into. It's personally, I think, a great way to invest. You know, as, they, as I've heard it, I've heard it said, uh, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. So I think you're doing something really nice for yourself. Thank you, and I appreciate that. And to round off this lovely show, any shout-outs you have, Kevin? Mm, Shout-outs. I'll shout them out again. Kava bars. Um, I'm into kava because it is a social outlet. Um, Kava is basically the opposite of caffeine. It's kind of like chills you out, makes you real social. Uh, It's a it's a root drink from the Pacific Rim, and because I do want to continually um, drink less alcohol, I just don't like how alcohol makes me feel and how it affects my body. And just, um, I actually learned in Florida, the first uh, couple bar was in, uh, I think, West Palm Beach or so, and it's just an interesting experience. And um, for those of you who want to try an alternative um, social outlet, try it out. It's pretty cool. It attracts uh, like kind of artistic types and people who just are got the chill vibes. And so, uh, find your local kava bar and give it a shot. Sweet, very nice. And my shout out, and this will be a surprise. My shout out is to Jeff Asai. That's my shout out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because. <laughs> I will let you and the listeners in on a little secret. When I listened to you and his show, Cereal and Beer, for the first time, uh, many, 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 many months ago, I wanted to have the same camaraderie, the same communication as you and Jeff. Because, once again, you guys are best friends, of course. And it comes so natural. And the first couple of shows that you and I did, I wanted to have that same uh, tone uh, as you and Jeff. Because like I said, Jeff's amazing, you're amazing, you guys come together, you guys make magic. And I'm like, 
if I can have that same flow as Jeff, it'll be great. And I tried and failed miserably. <laughs> and, I, and I remember doing a show with all three of us together, and I could not keep up. I could not keep up. I just sat back, I listened, I said a couple of words, I tried to sound intelligent and tripped all over myself. And I'm like, okay, in my head, I'm like, screw this noise. I'm going to sit back and listen. So, <laughs> so that's what I did. Uh, so I give a shout out to Jeff because I looked, on, I looked at his Facebook page. I looked at some of the things that he's done. And like I said, he's a, he's a tremendous guy. Tremendous guy, uber intelligent, world traveled, you know, great family on top of that. And, and you know, if, if, if I can have half of the uh, communication skills between you and him, this show would be just even more fucking tremendous. So my shout out is to Jeff because you know, he like he's awesome and you're awesome too. So I'm not no, like not not discounting you. So that's great too. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I gotta cut in. Be like, don't sell yourself short. And like, I just think the 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 bond that you and I have it is great too because it's, it's different and, and because like. You know, again, Jeff has pointed out, because we do have differences, it makes for more interesting talking points. And I think that's where the, the draw, it, 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 like Jeff and I, we're like, we're pretty alike with a lot of things. And I think it's even funny when we find the things we disagree upon. You're like, oh man, it's like, we don't <laughs> like rocks. Okay. <laughs> but for, and like, I do, I think in addition to the feel positivity, I think a stealth theme of the show is having good faith conversations and how we can still explore each other's ideas without getting all mad about it. I think there's a lot of value and in fact something that I want others to do to go out there and just remember that another person is a is another human being with feelings that are just as valuable as yours because they're another human being too. And for us to be able to communicate this way is is just something I hope that we can spread towards other people. And you know, my my bonds with other people are my treasures in this world. That's what keeps me going. And that's what really fulfills me. And that's how I get motivated to keep you know, doing these type of creative things because that's that's my fuel. And so, you know, you're you're a valuable person. And just like all of you that are out there that, you know, spent their time listening to us, you know, you probably know us really well. And and I, if, you know, you know me personally, I value you and thank you for your time. Yes. And uh, I do thank you, Kevin, my co-host, my friend, my uber intelligent guy that I can make racist jokes to and you'll, and you'll laugh at it and uh, you will talk, you will still talk shit about Panda Express. Um, we, <laughs> we thank everyone for listening, for downloading, for sharing, for liking and commenting the walk Racy experience for December 11th, 2023. And once again, Kevin, where can they find you? If they're going to reach out to you. Usually on Facebook, we usually post um, uh, about our uh, podcast there first, but then it disseminates with your help through the all the platforms that the Walker AC experience exists upon. For example, Podbeam, Spotify, and the rest. So if you want to communicate with us, maybe you might be able to reach us at serialbeer at hotmail.com. 
Maybe, probably not, because we don't know we have the password to that anymore. But if you reach out to us on Facebook or just, you know, know us personally, say what's up, give us your feedback, like, like and subscribe and all that. Sweet. And once again, you guys can find us and subscribe to uh, walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com. We do appreciate everyone taking the time to hang out with us, to listen to us. And of course, if you want to find us, we are on 21 free different apps out there. Just do a Google search for the Walker AC Experience. And yeah, you'll find us. Hopefully, we'll keep it all going. And uh, we do have a couple of more uh, episodes to go before the new year clicks over. I'd like to send a special shout out to my good buddy, Steve Pound, who subscribed. He's one of us now. And also, yes. also my good friend, Catherine um, Cullum. Uh, I've known her since Edgewood, and she's one of us now. So thank you, Catherine Cullum, for signing aboard the Walker AC Experience. and give you a shout out as well. And uh, yeah. I think I think I think this is the end. I think we've uh, nattered on for an hour and twenty-one minutes, and we thank everyone for joining us. This has been a Walker AC experience. I have been Adrian. He has been Kevin. You've been our friends, our family, our loved ones, people who love us, people who hate us, but you're still listening. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. <laughs> and we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>